care what you heard. Don't care what you heard. I'm taking it all because I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. All right, what's going on, everybody? Today we have a very special guest with us, international guest. Uh, she has many talents, and she comes from Australia. Is that correct? That sure is, yeah. <laughs> awesome. So would you like to introduce yourself to everybody? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am a speaker, trainer, coach. Um, personality profiler is the main thing that I use in helping people to just navigate their lives to fulfillment. So pretty much it's focused on, uh, you know, honoring our authenticity, deepening our intimacy, and also contributing meaningfully and purposefully. So they're kind of the three major areas um, that I love helping people with, uh, basically just to create fulfillment and make sure that we're living to the fullest, you know, regret-free and all that great stuff. So yeah, and it's a pleasure to be on. Love connecting with you. Of course. So before we get into everything, uh, I do like to start with something. Everything that you're doing now, what is your story of how you got into what you do? Um, what led you to it? What was your life like before it? What were like the issues you had? If you want to talk about, you know, that type of, you, you know, your past yeah. and how you got to what you're doing now. Oh, all right. You, you want the long story or the short one? Go ahead. As much time <laughs> as you want to. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. So um, basically, you know, I was growing up, I was the youngest, I was the only girl in my family, um, came with its perks, right? You know, I got a lot of attention, I got a lot of love, I got a lot of looking after, all that great stuff. Um, but it also came with some drawbacks in terms of, um, you know, oh, little naive, little Vanessa, we've got a protector, you know, all those sorts of things. And um, you know, it came with this kind of underlying feeling of not really feeling trusted. And if people around you that are your role models don't really trust you to make your own decisions, basically that pretty much impacted me to not trust myself. And so it led me to living this life unconsciously, of course, I can only put this language to it um, upon reflection, but basically just living to the expectations of those around me, basically trying to work out, you know, who, it, who do I need to be to be loved, right? And who do I need to be to be accepted? Who do I need to be to be admired by my parents, by my family? And um, your audience and you probably already know that between the ages of zero and seven, we all kind of do that to some degree um, in our own lives. We develop our identity, who it is that we think we need to be to get that love and belonging and so forth. And um, I decided during that period of time that um, I was rewarded for, like a lot of us are, what we do, what we achieve you know, and, um, and basically it just set me on this pathway of being very disconnected to who I am or what my emotions were. Um, and that came about through a series of different events that happened in my childhood. Um, the major ones being that basically my eldest brother, so I have two older brothers, and the eldest one went through a stage when he was about 15 of basically just, um, yeah, like he ran away from home. He got into, you know, different different things, um, you know, uh, and basically I just saw him and my dad um, like fight, like physically fight. 
And, um, and basically I learned, you know, at a young age that to have these overwhelming emotions that my brother was, you know, sharing and, and, you know, creating this tension between him and my dad. And basically I decided back then watching this that, you know, basically that's not a strategy that gets you love. Right. And, um, and I became the happy child who held it all together, who wasn't phased by anything, who just made everybody happy, you know, and, um, and basically what that did was disconnect me from my own truth, my own clarity of who I am, what I want, you know, and um, definitely lacked any courage to pursue anything that might have come up in that way. And I was so externally directed. What do they want me to do? I mean, I even let one of my other brother pick my university degree for me, you know, um, never really knowing what it was that I wanted to do with my life um, outside of you know, doing something academic, because that's what, you know, my family would expect of me. Um, so I never questioned that. I did a business degree um, and like hated it, right? I just went out and partied and distracted myself the whole time, um, which I find uh, is a common theme and a common pattern and a common strategy that a lot of us use to escape the reality that we don't like and we don't even know that, right? Um but basically, I finished a uni, my business degree, still didn't know what the hell I wanted to do with my life, still had no idea that there was this whole realm of personal development. And so I started a law degree because I thought, well, at least that'll open up some doors. And again, still on an unconscious level, just chasing that acceptance, that admiration, that approval from my family. Um, and how old were you around this time? Yeah, around this time, I, uh, so yeah, I started my uni straight out of school. So I did my business degree, um, actually from 18. Um, and then I was working as well. So I worked in mortgages at a bank and so forth. And um, I came back to uni at, uh, I think about 23. Um, and then basically, I was going through my law degree, and I had about a year and a half left on this degree. And every day that was, you know, going on, I was just getting more and more physically sick, right? Like um, the, the closer I came to the reality of becoming a lawyer, living the life of a lawyer and not just a student studying, the more I was literally ending up in the fetal position with no um, and, and exhausted and no physical reason why that could be, right? And I found myself like avoiding people because I honestly, I just felt so fake. I felt like I was just living this complete lie. I just didn't even know who I was. I had no alignment, no internal connection. It was all determined by these external sources. And I got into a new relationship at the time through my, um, my distraction then became health and fitness, right? Like that was my escapism. I got like totally addicted to learning anything I possibly could about health and fitness, which was an upgrade from the party lifestyle, right? Um, you know, to transition the addiction there. Um, but basically through all of that learning, I met my then partner, now my ex-partner, um, and basically through the health and fitness industry, and uh, he, um, when we first met, he invited me to come along to a Tony Robbins seminar um, that was being run here in Australia. 
Um, and he said, go, like, I'd love to take you along to this. Go check out Tony Robbins. And so I Googled Tony Robbins, never heard of him. And I came up with some videos and I was like, whoa, like, this looks like a cult or something, you know, <laughs> this look crazy. And, um, but, you know, I've always been of the mentality that I'll try anything once, right? So I'm like, yep, sign me up, let's do it. And I couldn't be more grateful, um, honestly, to be in that environment. And basically what happened for me, this was back in 2013. So I, I think I would have been 24, turning 25 that year. And it all started at Unleash the Power Within, Tony Robbins' first signature event. I went to went along to that and, um, yeah, 24. And that's when everything, all the all the inner voices that I'd been shoving down, you know, and distracting myself and wearing a smile and yeah, I'm acing this class and I'm doing this and I'm totally know what I'm, what the hell I'm doing, right? BS. Um, but not knowing it, just great at deceiving myself. Um, and basically at that age, it started like opening up, right? That's when I started getting super sick. This happened in April, 2013. And of course, at the end of that event, I actually ended up signing up for the whole Mastery University, like everything Tony Robbins offered. Um, and basically, um, the next event happened in August. So between April and August, it was like, oh, that inner voice, I just couldn't shut it up. And I was trying to stuff it down. And that's when I was getting really sick. And, um, you know, like just my whole life became a bit of a roller coaster at that point. And then I got to date with destiny in August um, of 2013. And that is where everything changed for me. It was literally a date with my own destiny. And what happened at that event was I remember it was, um, you know, I'm in this room of about 2000 people and we're going through this process where we have to actually ask ourselves the question, like, why are you doing what you're doing? in your life, right? And we had this kind of pause and we're all madly like writing in our workbooks. And I was having this crazy inner dialogue. And basically what it was, was, you know, this, this part of me that was like, what the hell are you doing? You're not a lawyer. Like, who do you think you are doing that? Like, that is not you, right? And then this other part of me that was going, well, you know, more of the fear-driven side of me was like, no, 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 you, you can't even uh, like even question that. Like you have to finish what you started, right? You are too old to make a change because I felt super old, like going back to uni again, you know, and every my, most people were like 18 and I was like 24. I felt super old, right? And um, having this inner dialogue, dialogue back and back, and in that moment of just this total inner dialogue going crazy, um, this woman leapt out of her seat just across the room from me. And she just was bawling her eyes, like a huge smile, just like tears of gratitude just overwhelmed her. And she like kind of, she was like yelling out to Tony, Tony. And he, he gave her the mic and he's like, what's going on? Like, what are you, what's this breakthrough, right? And she was like, oh my gosh, like all my life, I've been a successful lawyer, um, been, you know, top of my class. Um, but I, um, you know, I've had three divorces. None of my children talk to me. 
And I've just made the discovery that I decided to become a lawyer because I thought that's who I needed to be in order to get the love, acceptance, approval from my father. And now at 65 years old, I feel so grateful that I've made this discovery and I've got the whole rest of my life to live authentically to me, to get to discover what I'm inspired by, to align with that, to get to live that. And in that precise moment, you know, her saying how young and excited she was and she had 40 years ahead of me just making the same discovery that limiting belief of mine that I'm too old to make a change, it literally just shattered, you know, and, and it was in that moment, I remember running outside with my then partner and just this, it's still to, to this day, the highlight of my life, you know, um, I remember it was up in the sunny um, Queensland is like in the north of Australia here. It's just beautiful, um, you know, beautiful environment. I remember running outside, it was sunny, we're in the grass. And I remember this overwhelming sense of certainty and excitement and calmness kind of at the same time to just realize that, oh, like I have done that. And this woman just showed me my future and how lucky I am that I can now at 24, 25, I think I just turned at that point, um, I get to choose the whole direction of my life. I get to discover what it is that I'm inspired by. Um, and I can, you know, not, I can get off this wrong path. And so it turned out that the, the very day after this event finished was the final day that I could let my university know um, whether I was going to come back for another semester or not. And so I called them, um, you know, and, and got off the wrong path. And the funniest thing is, is that what I was most terrified of that, you know, kept that inner voice, that inner knowing that knew I was on the wrong path, kept it kind of quiet and kind of shutting it down was basically that I knew the repercussions from my family. I, um, at the time, was being very well looked after, right, being paid a full-time wage just to attend uni, my car paid for, I was getting an allowance, you know, I was getting like all the, all like, pretty much paid to just do do uni, right? And um, pretty good lifestyle from the outside, right? Looks pretty, you're pretty lucky for that, right, Vanessa? And um, basically, I knew all of that would be taken away from me. I knew I'd be called a failure. I knew I'd lose all that need, you know, all those, um, that admiration, that acceptance, that approval that I was after and basing my entire existence on. I knew I'd lose all of that. But coupled with making that breakthrough at this event, I also was able to get outside of my own perspective and world and, and discover and see that truly my family just wanted me to be happy. It was just that their model of the world saw that for me to be happy, I needed to be a successful doctor, lawyer, engineer, if my dad had his way, you know, whatever that is, that was their model of the world to make sure that I was successful, that I was fulfilled, that I had, you know, every need taken care of for me. And when I realized that at the depth of that, they just wanted their daughter to be happy, I was able to hear everything that came my way. 
You are a failure. You need to finish what you started. You've lied to us, right? All of the most hurtful things that my previous self would have just been completely shattered by. It didn't feel good, you know, but I was able to hear it because I knew I just needed to show them that that's not my model of the world. That's not how I'm going to be happy. And in actual fact, my happiness was in the pursuing of, you know, whatever inspired me and getting off the wrong paths. And, you know, my mum deleted me off Facebook. We laugh about that now. You know, she didn't talk to me for months. Um, I did get cut off financially and had to like, it was good for my growth, right? And growth into adulthood to be able to fend, you know, have this lesson of fending for myself. Um, all of those worst nightmares happened. Um, but I, um, you know, I laugh at about, about it now because my mom is like, my mom and my dad are my biggest supporters. They fully um, accept me now for a human being, an adult human being who makes the, her own choices. Even if they don't agree with them, we have a very adult relationship now. And my mom even works in my business, right? So like she is not only my number one supporter, she is, you know, works in my business. Um, and yeah, just, it's so beautiful, the transition that's happened. That took a few years of me proving the path that I was on and my happiness and me becoming an adult. But basically that was a long story pretty much of it. Um, and that's why I am so passionate about helping people know who they are, know what they want, have the courage and the confidence to go after it. Um, one of my greatest mentors is a guy by the name of Dr. John D. Martini. Not sure if you've heard of him or not. Um, if anybody listening to this hasn't heard of him, I really invite you and, and encourage you to check out his work. Um, but he has this saying that I love, which is, it's our perceived voids in our childhood that actually create our values. And our number one value in life is actually our purpose. You know, and that is why I am so passionate about helping individuals tap into their greatness, their strengths, not mold themselves to the expectations of anybody else. Um, and to know what their value is and to, you know, share and contribute in their own unique ways to honor their diversity, you know, not just try and belong and fit in, but actually stand out with with uh, the truth of who you are, you know, honoring that truth, deepening your intimacy with yourself and others, and ultimately contributing meaningfully and purposefully. So you can make a meaningful difference with your life. Um, and people don't do that by trying to be other people or trying to live to the expectations of others. Our greatness is found when we discover our core, you know, and we align with that and we um, hone and develop our strengths and into what inspires us and uh and that's yeah that's why I'm so passionate about that because I know what it is to not have that yeah well so there's a lot of things you said in there but one of the things that I do really like talking about is uh parenting and you know me, you and me have spoke about this before because everything about our lives it starts with our parents or you know whoever raises us really that's where we get our social cues from about how to uh, you know grow as a person, how to be person, you know, so it's up to our parents to really um, instill those types of confidences or lack of confidence is honestly a lot more of what I see. Like I talked about this in the last podcast episode I did, a lot of people are coming out of high school or going into high school or going into college 
coming out and they still don't know who they are. They still don't know what they want to do. They still don't know anything about how to be almost an adult, really, you know? And so one of the things that that I, I, I call it baseline parenting. And I talked about this in the last podcast episode. And it's kind of like, uh, okay, I raise you, um, I, you know, give you shelter, I pay for you, uh, let me send you to school, let me listen to what the school says about you instead of me actually taking, you know, an active interest in who you are as my child and my responsibility. So they listen to the school, be like, your, 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 uh, your child is do this, he's do this, he does that, you know, there's too much of this, whatever. And it's like, I've seen so many parents discipline their kids based off what the school says, instead of actually talking to their kids and being like, hey, you know, what's going on here? How can I help you? What are you struggling with personally? Let me get to know you. They leave it up to the school to raise them. And as they raise them, and then they, you know, like I said, they come out of high school and and there's just so many people who just, they don't have that confidence in themselves. And so it's crazy to see. And that's why, one of the reasons why I wanted uh, to teach parents how to have more effective parenting. Because if we can get parents to, uh, you know, uh, parent better, more, more effectively, we can have more better accomplished, healthy, confident teenagers, adults that can actually spread more, you know, they can know their passion, they can know who they are coming out of school, they can, you know, get right to work on it, you know, imagine if we knew who we were, what we wanted to do at the age of 10 years old, seven years old, 12 years old, how much easier that would be for our life, you know, moving forward, instead of learning who we are by about 25. And so one of the things I always say is for a lot of people, adulthood, honestly, is really undoing a lot of the shit that your parents put inside you, you know, whether unwillingly or whatever it is, it's, it's kind of sad. So mm. that's what I kind of did with myself. Um, I spent a lot of my teens and especially my early adulthood years kind of, um, I always thought of it like, like a, a rope. And in that rope, there's like a bunch of knots from your past, from your traumas, your emotional insecurities that your parents unknowingly or knowingly instilled in you. And it's, it's so much more work you have to do to undo all those knots. So that's why I wanted to, um, you know, create programs to help parents learn how to find that in their children to help raise their children um, in a way that says, hey, you know, I'm not just your parent, but I'm also here as your guide, as your mentor, as your, uh, just anything you need me to be, I'm here to help you in your own, you know, in your journey through life so you can have an easier way through life. So going from that, uh, human needs, because obviously this falls into human needs. Uh, I know you talk about this and then Tony Robbins does too. He talks about the six human needs. Would you mind telling everybody about those? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just want to touch on, because I loved what you just shared right then. um, And I love that concept of baseline parenting. And I love that you've got this um, drive and this mission and this vision to actually, you know, see the effects of that and probably experience the effects like we all have of that as well. And to want to get to the core, want to get to the root, like how do we make sure that this doesn't just keep going on generationally and generationally? Um, And so, yeah, just before we get to the six human needs, if you wouldn't mind me just tapping into a little bit of that, because I think what I think what you shared was of immense value and of real importance. Um, But basically, you know, I look at it this way. We are all doing the best we can with the tools that we have. And I really do believe that we can only truly help people to the degree that we've helped ourselves. Uh, So one of the ways I look at that is like the best way is to work on your relationship with yourself. If you really want a role model for anybody in this world, 
uh, and of really be of any sort of meaningful influence or impact, you have to be in alignment. And, you know, when I first started in coaching seven years ago, I started with couples, couples coaching with my then partner, um, you know, because we were really um, inspired by the realm of intimate relationship and, and mastering this area. And we saw so many great intentions uh, and just people falling short because they didn't know the basics, right? They didn't know the dynamics and so um was really passionate about that but the one thing i found and why i transitioned into you know first helping the individual was that if the individuals in that relationship if they weren't looking after their own inner world their own sense of their individuality and the growth and the healing and all of that stuff that they needed to do it didn't matter what tips, tools, training strategies you gave them on relationship dynamics. It wasn't going to land for them, right? You couldn't train their partner to, you know, do things that would land for them because, you know, they were working from the inside out and they couldn't, they couldn't hear that language because they didn't have, you know, um, you know, that language uh, that they could understand within. And so the same thing is with any relationship, whether that's between um, intimate partners or mother, child, father, child, you know, whatever the relationship, basically, you know, if we don't have our own inner worlds in alignment, we're not growing, if we're not uh, feeling a sense of contribution and fulfillment within ourselves and what we're doing in life either, um, it's very difficult for us to have uh, real conscious impact on anybody else in a positive um, way, right? So, and look at it like this, like, who you can't trust like a fat person eating McDonald's to tell you to, to eat healthy, right? Like, yeah. you know, and, and kids are so good at like seeing the inconsistencies and incongruencies <laughs> like going on with like role model, role models, right? Like or the leaders or the teachers or the parents. So we can't trust that. Um, so that's why um, one of the major reasons I absolutely have fallen in love with personality typology. Uh, and I use a couple of different frameworks with that because basically we can now look at the neuroscience of how you're wired as an individual. And it's really why, you know, say two kids can grow up in the exact same environment in a family and have very different outlooks on basically how they've grown up on the world, um, on uh, what they're passionate about. Uh, and, and different kids need different uh, nurturing. They need different um, ways of parenting. And so the, what I actually like doing is helping, say, a family uncover who they are based on their neuro, the neuroscience of their personality, the, the wiring, right? What, how they're making their decisions, how they learn best. And, and by that way, we can actually tailor parenting. And I'm not a parent myself. So I say this, you know, with a grain of salt here, you know, like I'm not a parent, so I'm not um, talking from personal experience. I'm only talking from um, experience with other humans and also learning from people who I do admire and see are doing great things in their own parenting. Um, but basically, you know, to, to know that we can tailor that parenting or if you're in relationship with your partner, you can tailor how you connect 
with them based on um, based on how they're wired, not just this projection of what we think is best, which is, you know, ultimately what, um, you know, creates the wounding, creates the trauma uh, that we then need to, like you mentioned, you know, we need to go back and like untie those knots, right? We need to heal those wounds. Um, so yeah, and and basically, just to finish off, I know I had a lot of points on what you shared then, um, but it's also the number one reason why um, with my own coaching of others, I had to transition and make the first section of coaching with people actually going back and clearing the past, you know, going back and undoing what has been done from maybe very well-intentioned parents um, and, and, you know, even the best of the best parents who are so intentional about everything. It's not really necessarily all on them. It's how it's received. So you've got to know who your audience is, right? You've got to know who that child is. You've got to know who your partner is. Um, and, uh, and basically, you know, we've, we've got to get to a point where we're no longer children and that becomes our responsibility, not being a victim to what's been done or not done um, and honouring that, of course, you know, but also then going, I'm taking 100% responsibility for who I am and, you know, how I show up in this world. And if that means I've got to take some time to go back and heal and rewrite the past to make way for my future, that's what I'm going to do as an adult. So, Yeah. Um, do you still want me to go into the six human needs or what, what are your thoughts um, on anything there? Yeah, real quick. Um, I guess introspection would really be the key in all that, right? So mm -hmm. a lot of people, they go through a lot of life and they don't look back and they don't go through their past and they don't go through, okay, like you said, why am I like this? Why does this happen? Why do I feel like this? What's making me feel like this? What can I do to not feel like this, you know? And so uh, especially in relationships, it's one of the things that I like talking about is I see a lot of people, they go through relationships and they get into the next one and the next one and the next one. And usually it's with the same type of person, but like, you yeah. know, just, just, just a different, uh, different appearance, but the same type of, you know, pattern, all that type of stuff. And then they mm -hmm. keep saying like, well, why do I keep attracting these type of people? And it's like, you haven't introspected. You haven't said like, you have, that's a good question. Why, why am I attracting these people? It's because something inside me is attracting these people to me so I need to go inside and look at you know what is attracting these people yeah so in, introspection is one good key um I know I did yeah. that myself when um you know I started getting into personal development around when I was 18 because I was looking for questions and answers that I that I couldn't get in my own life you know by the people closest to me by my friends by my family by whoever it was and so I kind of felt like I had to you know find that success and everything on my own um so I had been studying personal development and business, all this other type of stuff for years, but it wasn't until I took a trip. Um, I actually moved out to Europe for a little while and it was really yeah. awesome. It was, yeah, it was really awesome because what happened there was I was away from everybody and I was away from, you know, just all politics, all anything, you know, old friends, old environment, old family members, you know, because um, that's obviously one thing that affects everybody when they're trying to move forward or, you know, ha have a different type of lifestyle or do better with their life is their their parents or their friends or it's the pull of the old environment. You know, like how you make, you make it that much harder on yourself if you're trying to move forward in life. But you have your friends like, hey, let's go drink tonight. Let's go out to the bar. Let's go do this, whatever. And it's just like, well, I mean, I love my friends. I love my family. So I, I guess, you know, so you make it that much harder on yourself to move forward. 
Mm-hmm. But so, so when I had went to uh, Europe and uh, I had lived there, it was kind of like it did something for me. It solidified like all the information I had been learning for, you know, years. Like it was like connected all the dots together. So when I came back, it was like that, that all the knots that I had in my life were just gone. When I came back and I, my life just felt so much more better after that. Like I felt so much more confident. I felt, you know, like, like I, I kind of found myself when I was in Europe, to be honest. So did you yeah. ever have that any type of uh, introspection or that moment where you like, or was it at the Tony Robbins events or where was it where you like introspected and you changed? Oh, it was Dago De- Destiny, right? Is that where yeah. your massive shift happened? That was where the beginning shift happened. Like um, that's where it yeah, all began back there. But I mean, my life is a series of introspective moments, right? Daily um, for the past seven years. Like I've literally feel so grateful that I've managed to build a business out of growing myself, right? And learning more about myself. Um, But, you know, what you said about environment is one of the absolute keys because you can only really think to the degree. It's kind of like you can literally, like you've got a, a, a lid, like a roof on, like you're just sitting in your same old house. You have the same old thinking, same old environment, same old people. Um, and, you know, basically, um, I really resonated with what you said there about going to Europe. That's actually one of the main things that I did, you know, when I started, I've always traveled, you know, um, I've been very lucky that way. And so I'm very passionate about seeing the world. And I've done a lot of travel, which I'm very grateful right now with COVID because there's a big limitation right now. Um, but basically, uh, when I first started my business, like very close, uh, I think six months after I made that decision at Date With Destiny, I was actually traveling around Europe for uh, 10, nearly 11 months around Europe and the UK, um, you know, building a business, trying to create an extraordinary quality of relationship, uh, you know, money only coming in through this new business. Literally, it was challenging, right? Because didn't even know where I was going to live the following week, didn't know how we're going to get there, didn't know how we're going to create the money to even make that happen. There were plenty of times where we were, you know, in France and we had like a couple of euro and just made fun with that to go down to the supermarket. What are we going to eat for dinner with two euro? Get a baguette. Like wine, red wine's pretty cheap over there. So we could get like (laughs) a little red wine and a baguette, you know, and um, that taught me so much. Um, it taught, and I've also done yeah more recent travel and I've done t- a 10 day silent meditation retreat just a couple of years ago in France. And um, yeah, like lots of loads of lessons with that as well. Um, but basically one of the things that it really taught me is you can't run away from the reality within, right? Like I like so many of us, like we think when we've got a challenging circumstance, number one, yes, change your environment. That's going to help you think differently, but don't travel and don't change your environment to escape reality, right? Or to try and dull down what's really going on within, uh, because that's what I found. Like our, my, my partner and I traveling around Europe and the UK for that 10 months were some of the most challenging times of our lives, right? And um, you know, relation in our relationship, all the pressure financially, um, yeah, all the uncertainty we threw ourselves into, um, all of that stuff. And, and from the outside in, it looked like we were living this amazing life, right? Like 
oh, they're living the laptop lifestyle. Where are they in tomorrow? Like, and they're all in these different countries and wow, that's so beautiful and so amazing. But like literally the main thing it taught me was like, yeah, you can't escape the reality within. If you're not doing the work inside, like it doesn't matter where you are in the world. And in fact, um, my brother uh, at one point, he went through a terrible divorce during that time. And I invited him, come and spend some time with us for a month. And he came and met us in Spain. We were in some of the most beautiful locations ever. And he couldn't experience any of it because of the depression that he was in, right? You take you with you, right? Like you were mentioning with those people who, why do I keep attracting the same person all the time? Well, you're the common denominator of all of your problems, (laughs) right? Like, you know, and, um, but yeah, so great way of thinking about, you know, environment shifts, awesome don't escape reality because you can't run away from yourself. And the moment you wake up to that is the moment that you actually take responsibility for your life and actually change the pattern and create what you want. You know, we've all heard you can, you know, design your life or you can just end up defaulting into mediocrity. Right. So yeah. Anyway, long, long journey with that one as well. No, it's pretty cool because, you know, it blows my mind that you said that because I was in that same situation, actually, when I was in Europe. I didn't I wasn't rich or anything like that when I traveled. So I was kind of going through the same thing. Actually, it's pretty funny because um, I told the story just a couple of times before, but um, I, I had left from New York to Paris. And when I got to Paris, I had an Airbnb picked out and it, it was fine. But I didn't realize that the bus, uh, it was in another city. I forgot what it was called, uh, just right outside of uh, Paris. And I didn't realize the bus stopped like at six or seven o'clock PM to that city. And so I'm over at a restaurant and I'm just here, like, you know, looking around and stuff and just enjoying myself. And and the buses, um, I went to the bus station and I said, Hey, I'm trying to go here. It was called Bouvet. That's what it was. Bouvet. Uh-huh. And, and um, I was like, uh, Hey, I'm trying to get here. Um, and they had told me, Oh yeah, that, that bus stopped like an hour ago. Um, there's nothing for the rest of the night. I was like, what? Is is there anything else I could do? And they're like, no, you're you're kind of you're kind of screwed till tomorrow, pretty much. So I spent the first night in Paris, kind of in downtown, like kind of on the streets, almost on the streets, like trying to stay awake and just kind of trying to stay up through the rest of that night, like by myself in in Paris, in Europe, you know, just me. So it was pretty crazy, but there, there's so much more stories like that. But yeah, I just want to <laughs> I want to I want to interject with that because it's too funny. Um, yeah, like that's a crazy story, and I've had something similar happen. Um, I was traveling around uh, France in 2018, was on a train um, coming from oh god, it was just a really long train ride. I can't even remember where I was coming from, but basically it was supposed to. Um, I wasn't supposed to go to Paris. I was supposed to go, I think I was going north, um, from north to south and I was supposed to get off, but um, I didn't understand and the stop was super quick. And basically, um, anyway, ended up that missed the stop and um, it ended up being the train's problem, actually. They didn't let people know. So there was a bunch mm-hmm. of us and we all had to be put up in a hotel in Paris and just try and find our way and whatever. We weren't living on the street, though. that's next level having yeah. to do that. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, actually, I had tried sleeping inside the bus station. I didn't know that it closed. And so uh, I woke I woke up 
um, to two uh, French police officers poking me and they started speaking French to me. And I, I like, I wake up in the days, I'm like, what, what's going on? Why are these French cops like you know, talking to me? So um, at, at the time I knew like a little bit of French because I had been studying for a while. So it was like, um, which means you speak English. And they're uh-huh. like, yeah, uh, we do. And I said, I explained the situation. I'm like, oh, you can't stay here. And that's when I went into downtown. But, oh, yeah. It, so it's crazy that you said that about me. But moving forward, um, if you want to talk actually about relationships, because one of the main reasons why on like I talked to you before, why I wanted to have you on is feminine leadership. You know, a lot of women today, they kind of are more encouraged to go a lot more in their masculinity or life kind of pushes them into, into their masculinity, you know? So yeah. I see a lot of feminine women, they get involved with wrong relationships. And then, you know, the guys who they date, obviously, you know, life and everything else is a factor. But typically what I see is they start getting more bitter, more angry, and they start holding on to that anger and often resentment, hatred, you know, all the negative emotions. And they put this massive shield of armor over themselves and, you know that's that uh, a lot of times results in masculinity yes absolutely. so so if you would like to explain the masculine and feminine energies that would be i think that would be a good yeah. start yeah absolutely yeah this is one of my favorite topics and yeah i know it's um a passion for you as well and yeah so this is um a big part of uh how i love people owning their authenticity and empowering themselves consciously. And so what generally happens, so if we just describe masculine and feminine energy, I'm not sure if your audience has heard of that or not. Um, I will say I've done a number of different masterclasses on a lot of what we're speaking about. So um, I could, uh, you know, anyway, we could talk about that, but I'd be happy if anybody listening to this wants to go deeper, because these are deep topics. Um, I'd be happy to like waive the joining fee for any of your audience um, so they can get access to that information. So oh, yeah, awesome. we can give them a link or something. But um, but basically we all, every single human being has both masculine and feminine energy, uh, but we have a core essence. And the major reason why this is important um, is that basically, yes, we're all equal, but if you want really lasting attraction in your relationship dynamics, you need to know about masculine and feminine energy and you need to know how to access it and play into either side. Um, because basically, um, you know, a lot of people are ending up in relationships uh, that have a lot of attraction in the beginning, right? And then it just kind of becomes roommates. They just kind of, you know, are annoyed by one another. Um, they lose the attraction. And I hate in our society that that becomes like the norm, right? Oh, yeah, that's the honeymoon period. And then, yeah, you just, that's just how it's all downhill from there, right? And basically, that's not the reality. If you understand the dynamics at play and you understand the different concepts that we're, we're talking about here. So let me describe it from the basics, just a little touch on, on this, um, be it that it is a deep topic. But feminine energy is uh, really connected to more of the uh, flow of emotion. It's very spontaneous. It's very creative, right? It's very um, in the moment. It's like an unpredictable storm, right? Uh, And the rainbow and it's all of it, right? It's that real creativity and spontaneity and flow and connection with deepening into love and openness and receptivity, Uh, Whereas masculine energy that we all need as well um, is basically more like a train on the tracks. 
It's got the blinkers on. It's like, what's the goal we've got to accomplish? Uh, you know, feminine energy is trying to make things bigger and deepen to love. Masculine energy is kind of make things small, like close off, like it's more about death, right? Death versus like growth and expansion or, you know, love. I shouldn't say growth and expansion because it's obviously, it could have a different connotation with that. But, um, but basically they're opposites. They're opposite polarities. Train on the track, knows what it wants, goes after it, gets it. Feminine energy, you know, like might want something like that this moment, but then it's going to change. And it's like, it's really reactive to the moment, right? Um, so the mirror opposites, um, and basically we need both, you know, we need that ability to achieve, to be directed in our lives. We need that ability to be creative and spontaneous and deepen, you know, to life, right? Um, but what happens is in our society, masculine energy is rewarded, right? Like, so, you know, we're, we're taught like to, at school, like achieve, you know, get the goal, um, you know, you know, it's very masculine dominated and feminine energy uh, doesn't get the, um, the love that, you know, it's kind of looked down upon. It's kind of looked at as a weakness or wishy-washiness or, um, as a general kind of rule, you know, and I can speak um, in my family, very masculine dominated family. Uh, even my granny who, you know, escaped the Holocaust and she's German, uh, you know, very masculine woman, very like just so masculine. Um, and my mom is super feminine. She's like the only feminine, you know, uh, role model, I, I guess you could say, um, that I had kind of growing up. Um, and to bring it back a little bit to Tony Robbins, uh, because that's when I first really learned about masculine and feminine energy. Uh, he learned from an amazing teacher by the name of David Data. Uh, quick side note, really recommend the book, The Way of the Superior Man for yes. any man or woman. Oh my gosh, the bomb. Uh, for understanding these sort of concepts. Um, but basically, um, you know, at that event, the Date with Destiny event, Tony Robbins does a whole day on relationships. And I hate to say it now because I've went back to Date with Destiny and he's taken this element out of his um, teachings now, which is really sad because it's so beneficial. But basically, um, without going too deep into it, he, he really spends this time uh, giving you the experience of what feminine energy is and masculine energy. And I had an experience there also where it was the first time in my life where I no longer judged my own feminine energy, right? And I actually appreciated it. And I saw what, what value it contributed, um, not just in relationship dynamics, but in life, like all the beauty that is in that feminine essence that we have. Um, and basically... Um, you know, that woke me up to honoring that part of myself rather than feeling like I just had to be the achiever and had to get the goals and all of that sort of stuff. And what actually happens in these dynamics that you just articulated with, you know, women who, you know, maybe they're great and super successful in what they do, right? And maybe they make a lot of money and all this sort of stuff. And that's great. We want women to be able to do that, right? And we want men to be able to do that. We want everybody who is a human to be able to do that. Um, but where it's where, where it's really impacting in a negative way is 
the inability to transition from the masculine into also the feminine part of who they are when we come to, into our intimate relationships. And that's why um, women get more and more angry, right? That's what you, you can see because fem majority of women, we'd say there is a loose kind of percentage of about 80% of women are more feminine at the core of who they are doesn't mean they don't have the masculine energy and they can't utilize it brilliantly. Um, but what happens is that's kind of a, um, they, they're taught over time as they grow up, oh, like that's you being like, you've got to grow up now. You can't be so sensitive. All these things like you, you've got to achieve goals. You know, you've got to be able to rely on yourself. So they grow up and we go, we put a masculine mask on. And then we, you know, we get into university, we're putting more masculine masks on. Oh, we think we need to achieve, get the promotion by being more masculine and directed. Oh, we put another masculine mask on. And then we get into relationship. Now we're, we're, we're leading with this masculine energy. We end up attracting generally the opposite. So we're attracting feminine men. Now this feminine, feminine man, he's more, like, more than likely quite masculine at his core. But what he's been taught growing up, toxic masculinity, authoritarian masculinity. Oh, you know, don't hurt girls. And then they're terrified of, you know, stepping into that strength because it can be aggressive, right? Um, and so they put on feminine masks in order to fit in in the world. Oh, I can, you know, connect um, with women here. I'm not threatening anybody. I'm just going to put this feminine mask on. And so what happens is these two people meet with all these masks on they're not operating at the core energy of who they are and what happens is they don't get these dynamics and so um, the biggest thing that I see is any feminine woman at her core in her core essence we need safety we're always looking for a sense of safety even though I wouldn't have even consciously known that right and I would have probably gone against that um, basically, if, a, if there's not a masculine energy who's going to step up, we will do it. But it's okay. exhausting and it's freaking annoying. If you're a feminine woman, you want, there's a part of you that really wants some masculine strength that you could just fall into the arms of and feel safe with, right? Feel his strength, right? Doesn't mean you can't protect yourself as a woman and you're not strong. It's just like, you just want that, that safe zone, right? With a strong masculine partner. And if he's not stepping up to that, she will step up and create her own safety, albeit with the mask that's creating a lot of unfulfillment. Um, and basically that's where you see her getting angrier and angrier and more and more annoyed and more reliant on masculine energy because what's happening in, for him also well-intentioned, just not understanding the dynamics is basically um, his, that's making him even more feminine because she's making demands and a masculine man at his core, his mission is to make his woman happy and he's going to take her words very literally. So if she's saying, do this, do that, and then he's like, oh, if it'll make you happy, I'll do that. And then that just makes her even more annoyed because he's such a pushover, right? Yeah. Like he's being such a pushover and she still, like, that's just reinforcing to her, I can never take these masculine masks off because it's dangerous because I have to look after him. He's not looking after me, right? And so 
well-intentioned, beautiful human beings who just simply could understand the dynamics, they could make a shift. And I've seen it time and time again, where you could see the most like feminine at her core, masculine woman, aggressive, um, uh, you know, demeaning to her partner, looks really unattractive, right? And I've actually seen women like this completely shift and become so radiant and so connected into themselves uh, and so enter into that trust and safety and just relaxation for, you know, like finally, because she allowed the ma the masculine in her partner, he understood these dynamics, she understood these dynamics, they worked together and he was able to step into that strength. And now he knows the solution to be successful. He was trying to be successful by taking her words literally and, you know, trying to just, you know, do what she wanted him to do, uh, not knowing that was putting him in the feminine and not stepping into his strength. And basically, you know, this is one of the major things I love helping people with because, oh my gosh, like the beauty that comes from, people just stepping into the truth of who they are and, and allowing others to have an impact, allowing their partner to impact and influence them in a positive way because they have a shared vision of what they actually want to create together. It's no longer me against you and self-protection, you know, or subordinating. It's, oh, like we can create something here, this third entity, and we can actually play on these di dynamics consciously and intelligently uh, to be able to actually get to what we want and even for the first place know what the hell we want because those women who are in their masculine they don't even know they think what they're saying is what they want right but they don't know and neither does he so they don't have the experience to know the difference and to know who they are what they want and have the courage to go after it so yeah, hope that answered your question a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is something that I tell a lot of men a lot of times too, because they get frustrated because um, I talked about this also in, in one of the last episodes I did. It's that when men are in relationships, especially when we're younger, you know, in our teenage years and all this other stuff, we always heard like women want the romantic guy. They want this, they want that. And then when we try to be that, oftentimes, you know, men, we, we, I didn't realize it at the time, but men started slipping into their feminine. And that's what actually, you know, repels, you know, the woman. It's not that, you know, like he can't be romantic with her or whatever it is, but uh, oftentimes that's what happens. And I also see a lot of women, like you said, start resenting the man. It's like they don't really want to be in charge. They don't want to be the lead because feeling like if a woman leans into her femininity and she feels that the man is making it a safe place for her to express her emotions to, you know, like be feminine by him expressing his masculinity and, and being like centered or like you said at his core like he knows who he is he's he's secure in his man you know his masculinity she feels a lot safer she opens up a lot more and this relationship works out so much better because uh, i said this before too it's like a lot of the most happiest women i see are a lot of them the, you know married with children and all this other stuff you know with the masculine guy and a lot of the most you know miserable looking bitter women they're typically more you know i don't need a man i'm, I'm you know kind of like act more that type of stuff so when it comes to attraction, I always call it the seesaw. And that goes back to what I said, like, like it always starts like the man is masculine. He, he kind of doesn't really care that much in the beginning. 
the woman kind of cares. She puts a lot of a uh, lot of uh, work and effort into it. Then eventually, when the man starts giving emotions, that tea, that seesaw starts tipping, and then usually that's when he slips into his feminine. Mm. But um, yeah, um, is it that women are kind of taught? It seems like now to hate their femininity, or or what is it exactly? You said a little bit about, but is that the kind of base feeling it is? Because I see a lot of women when they even think about like, you know, the stay at home mom or the, you know, just feminine traits at all. Is is it they're just like, oh, you know, like, that's not me. I, I need to be, you know, independent. I could do this on my own. I don't need nobody. Um, yeah. Is it is it that they're being taught to hate their femininity or what is it exactly? I see it kind of um, from a different perspective. So I like looking at these challenges and problems that we have as individuals. I like taking a bit of a meta perspective and looking at what society is doing. Like, where are we evolving to? What's happened in the past? And where are we getting to? And I like looking at it. Um, so Stephen Covey's model, the dependence model, which is um, a, you know just a simple model that we could apply to this situation. So the way I look at it is, Relationship dynamics, let's look at, you know, what it was like in the 1950s. It was very man, you know, kind of, you know, like the man who has no emotions and he's the breadwinner and, you know, what he says goes and the subordinating housewife, uh, you know, who just doesn't have anything else going on, just like her mothering and looking after the home and whatever. That was very weak masculine, right? Weak masculine energy is very self-centered. Weak feminine energy doesn't even have a self, right? It's about everybody else, right? And and basically, um, and that created attraction, right? Attraction was there because there was a very strong polarity between the masculine and the feminine. We were very codependent as a society between the masculine and feminine. The, the feminine like needed her partner to survive. And, you know, pretty much, I hate to put it this way, but the masculine wanted the partner, you know, to have sex, right? Like, so that's, they had a very trading, transactional, financial, sexual relationship. Well, also someone to raise his kids and take care of the kids too, though. (laughs) True that, exactly. That as well. Absolutely, right? So there was roles. There were really distinct roles that were being played. And that's what made us codependent. The men weren't crossing the path and looking after the kids and stuff. And the women weren't going to work and earning the money that was necessary. So we transitioned out of that. That's what we've been going through. And I think we're still majority of the population are in this stage of independence, right? We've gone from codependence to independence. Hey, I don't need no man, right? Like that kind of energy, right? And, um, and basically we need this. This is just a stage of development. I don't make it right or wrong. It's, it's, we all need to develop through the stages. And so, and you can look at this in parent-child relationships as well. Being a kid, codependent, you can go into adolescence, you create independence. But um, basically now what we're seeing is equality, which is true. We're just mistaking some different things, right? Um, we're thinking that equality means we don't need anybody else and stay away, right? But we need to develop both aspects within ourselves. I think that as healthy individuals, making the transition from the weak masculine or the weak feminine is actually being able to tap into both. The problem in our relationship dynamics is the neediness So there is a real value in not having to need somebody 
But the transition is, hey, but I want, I want somebody. I don't need them. Like I don't need you to be in relationship to be okay with myself. But I want that relationship because I see how the differences enhance each other's lives, right? And that's into the interdependent stage. We're not codependent where we have to have the other person and we'll just sacrifice these other parts of our lives. We've learned from that. We've transitioned. Now we're becoming equal, right? We can play, we can do both. We can be, you know, we don't need anybody, right? That, but it's still in its infantile stages of development because the next stage is that interdependence where, yeah, I don't need somebody, but I do want that because I see the benefits of that. And I'm able to allow this other person to share their differences, bring their differences, bring their strengths to the equation, you know, with that masculine or that feminine and all the other variety of different aspects of our human nature and our differences. Um, but, you know, I wanted to also touch on what you said about um, you know, the, the masculine and the feminine and the men are uh, thinking, oh, we need to be romantic because this also ties into it to this stage, right? There is a big difference between, because a strong masculine guy is super romantic, but the energy by which he gives is totally different. So uh, um, uh boy I would say like or a uh, you know a masculine chord say we'll just say make him male um, who wants the girl he and he's like oh I need to be romantic like girls want me to share my emotions more or be more romantic or whatever in that energy if he has voids within himself that he's trying to fulfill through a relationship the energy is very giving to get right I'm trying to get something from you I'm trying to get a sexual relationship. I'm trying to get the relationship because I don't feel good enough within myself. I don't have a solid masculine backbone. I need like to do whatever it takes. Like it's a manipulation. I'm going to be romantic to get something well-intentioned, not saying that anybody's trying to, you know, necessarily negatively manipulate anybody. But well, I guess that's how it always starts out though, too. It's, it's I always say like in the beginning, uh, women use sex to get love and men use love to get sex in the beginning. It's kind of like the, the, the games that people play, you know, in the immature stage, you know, it's that type of thing. Exactly. Exactly right. Like in the immature unconscious stage, not intentionally, even just that's how it plays out in that level of development. But there's a difference between um, that you know, man who doesn't have the masculine backbone and he's trying to be romantic, he's trying to get something and he needs it versus uh, a well-developed, strong masculine man who knows who he is at his core, knows what, it, what he's after and he has the courage and the confidence to go after it, right? That when he's being romantic is coming from an overflow of generosity and love and direction, not just for himself about what he wants. And I'll give you what you want because it'll give me what I want, mm -hmm. low level development, um, not necessarily bad or wrong, just the level of development going to, hey, I know who I am. I know what I want. I look after my own needs. I don't need you but I want you because I'm not just looking at myself now. I'm looking at this third entity of an extraordinary quality of relationship. And I know that I bring different things to the table than a high quality woman as well, right? I'm a high quality man or woman and I want a high quality uh, man or woman. When I say high quality, I'm talking about 
just the level of consciousness that they have in connection to who they are, what they want, and their courage to go after it. And basically, we're going to always be attracted to our reciprocal in that regard as well. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's not a giving to get. It's a, hey, I am being directed as the masculine energy here. I'm, I'm, I'm directing us to an extraordinary quality of relationship. It's not me trying to give to get something. It's me overflowing from myself being fulfilled and my generosity and my directiveness to what's going to create a better quality of uh, relationship for us as well. Um and so, yeah, I see that masculine energy can be directed from a really strong place to direct what's best for both of us in the relationship. No longer me against you, no longer giving to get in either direction. So, yeah. So it's kind of like it. I guess I just want to say this for the people who are kind of going through that immature stage, because I do like talking to people of all ages, you know, and obviously if we knew this information when we were teenagers, especially like trying to get into relationships, as I talk about this in, in the book I'm writing, um, it, like nobody taught us about relationships. So we kind of just go and trying to figure out all these things on our own. And we, we, you know, learn the hard way. And just, I think relationships should be taught in class in school. You know, it's really important. It, it takes up a lot of our <laughs> life and, a lot of people become so cynical, so angry, so disappointment, so so bitter, you know, a lot of negative emotions from getting involved with the wrong type of people. Yeah. So so with that struggle to become censored in their core, because like I said, when I was a teenager and I first started dating, I was I typically did start off masculine. But then, you know, during my teenage years, um, you know, getting with the with a certain woman, and then like I said, the more emotion that I gave, the more I slipped into my feminine. And now, now I understand how to do it as a masculine man, still be able to give that emotion, but from a masculine place. Because like you said, when you do it from a place of masculinity, there's just the, the whole tone, the whole everything, the whole energy is different than if you were in your feminine and you're trying to give yeah. that energy as a feminine man. Yeah. So, so how can women who are stuck in their masculinity, they're, they're you know, not even, I'm not talking, I'm talking about the women who are feminine in their core, but yeah. they're stuck in their masculinity, you know, that armor. How do women yeah. go about breaking down that armor and learning to trust their femininity again? Mm, I love this question so much. And the way that I would answer that is I'd start with the bio biology of it, right? So when we are operating in our masculine energy, we're actually building testosterone in our body. Now, testosterone is the de-stressing hormone for men, not women, right? So for women, when we're building testosterone, it actually can exhaust us, right? It's not, it's definitely not de-stressing us. It's putting us in higher energy and, and we need it, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, for men, it's actually very de-stressing. So for men, even operating in masculine energy, whether they're masculine at their core or feminine at their core, it's very de-stressing, very great, right? In that regard. For women, the de-stressing hormone is oxytocin right? So oxytocin, you don't get when you're succeeding in the workplace, right? You don't get when you're taking the lead and taking charge, which is brilliant, but just know this on a biological level, testosterone uh, doesn't de-stress you, oxytocin does. So that's why so many women are getting more and more, um, you know, overwhelmed, you know, and needing even more that, that environment where they can relax into their feminine, which 
the best place is in in the presence of a strong masculine energy right um, not to say they can't do it on their own. The way that I would say is engage in different things and activities and uh, whatever that allow you to build oxytocin. So some of those might be, and this is in one of my masterclasses, I, I go through the processes of how men can develop more um, or access more of their testosterone, women oxytocin um, to, to relax into those environments uh, or energies. Um, but for women, oxytocin is built when we, you know, have a, it's through connection, right? Like, uh, you know, maybe it's through, um, you know, talking with a friend or it's in indulging the senses, like, you know, having a relaxing bath, lighting some candles, um, aromatherapy is really great. Um, just doing things for yourself, not for others, right? Like what makes you happy? right like you know um for me like i like having a shower really relaxes me right but like um you know doing something for me would be like learning something that i'm really passionate about just for me or dancing or moving my body to music or you know um you know even just like doing my nails doing my hair doing my makeup like um you know, I do that stuff for me, right? Like, and I get a lot of criticism actually for, uh, you know, how much I love my hair and my makeup and my dresses and my outfits. And, you know, like that's, that's actually an area where I do cop some criticism in the public arena, right? Um, but they don't understand that this is my personal self-expression. This is my self-care. This is me nurturing my feminine energy and not being afraid of it, right? And not dulling it down that's one of the criticisms that uh feminine women can get in the external world and i'm not saying that all people use makeup and hair and all that sort of stuff to um in a very healthy way a lot of times it can be um you know done from a very insecure way but it's not always right and um and so yeah whatever you love to do as a woman for you and you alone uh, engage in those activities like multiple times a week to build that feminine muscle and um it's very important like we can say the little things that we can do on the surface but it's super important for for women to have some processes and men too but we'll talk about the women accessing feminine energy we need to reflect back into your past right and we need to look at the different pivotal moments that have happened for you that gave you the message that maybe your feminine energy wasn't, you know, wasn't to be shown or, you know, was criticized or you weren't nurtured in some certain ways that you would have required to feel better. So we do need to, again, go back, clear the past to make way for you to step into. Um, you know, it's not about it's not about saying you have to be all feminine as a woman or you have to be all masculine as a man it's just about having a healthy relationship with both those parts within you and being able to draw upon them for what the environment calls upon women need to relax with oxytocin that means accessing those feminine parts of us we also want to attract uh, we want to attract the right quality of partner that's aligned to the core of who we are so if we call at the core feminine we want a masculine at his core um doesn't mean he's not going to access his feminine energy as well. Uh, and we want to be able to play on those dynamics to recreate and reignite the spark 
when we want attraction in our relationships rather than feel like it's totally out of our control and now we've lost attraction and that's it and move on to the next relationship. No, there's just dynamics that you can have access to. This stuff is actually quite simple. It's deep, but it's simple. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's what I would say in in uh, for feminine women to access more of that feminine energy. Yeah, you know, that's actually one of the things that I liked about Tony Robbins things. Because I've seen a few times when he, um, there's a woman, there, there's a specific episode when he was talking to like a woman, she was like in her 70s or 80s, and she was so used to being in her masculine. I don't know if you saw it, but he brings her out and he like gets her to like kind of dance or do something. And she kind of like starts slowly falling into her femininity again. And, uh, but basically going back to what you're saying, uh, this is something I tell people too. It's like, everybody has a specific biochemical formula that they need to be uh, to operate at their best. And this is what, what I see a lot in common about relationships. It's that I see a lot of times women kind of, they expect their partner to kind of be like, like kind of like a woman. They kind of share everything with the man. They kind of expect him to be like around him, around him all the time and all that stuff without realizing like the man needs to, you know, his own space to build testosterone too. That's why you see like men like kind of go to their caves or they'll just be going like after they get off of work, they'll go home and watch TV and they just want to relax because yeah. his testosterone level is depleted. And so he needs time to readjust, you know, back to that, you know, to where he feels, you know, feels good again. Um, but that goes to the communication differences between men and women, right? Absolutely. <laughs> like, I, and I, I mean, my relationships, my early relationships were exactly like that. You know, like very codependent, like very me, like, oh, can't you take the day off work or, you know, like, and they did, you know, like I was forcing them into that, but they were very codependent with me. And this is the thing that I want to say. Uh, again, about the levels of development. We all, we can't skip over this stuff just with some knowledge, right? Like we actually need to go through, it doesn't make us bad or wrong. They're just the, the necessary stages of all of our development. And we attract our reciprocal. The person you attract is the one that you will do the most growth with, right? If those people who keep attracting the same partner, they're attracting the same partner for their own evolution. You haven't learned the lesson yet. Take some responsibility, right? And, and see what you're doing to, um, to co-create the dynamic that you say you don't want, but you keep attracting. Your way out is always through the lessons. And, and the same thing with, uh, you know, yeah, our codependent relationship dynamics. We've got to go through independence in order to eventually get to interdependence. And we can only do that through experience. Knowledge is great. Conversation is great. But then put it into practice uh, is the only way out. So there's a couple more things I want to talk about um, before yeah. we start wrapping it up. Um, so what is the real power of femininity? And like, like what are its advantages? What? Uh, and especially what does it do for the masculine as well? Mm, I like just, yeah, really felt into that right now because um, the real power of feminine energy that gets lost is, uh, you know, we, we've, because of our perception, we've, we've seen feminine energy as a weakness, right? And, and basically when women uh, and men, step into uh, really owning this aspect of who they are, we get out of the, uh, the brilliance of the masculine, you know, that can be very directed and focused and logical and factual and all of those things. We don't lose that. What we gain is depth in that. 
you know, uh, I know we've spoken a lot about Tony Robbins today, um, but, you know, I wouldn't be in the position that I am without him. So uh, I love, I love, I'm so grateful for a man like that in this world who's doing the work that he is and also for his beautiful um, uh, wife, you know, uh, Sage. But they're great representations and role models for what it is for him to be a strong masculine leader who can be, you know, he commands attention, he commands the stage, right? He, all of that. But then in a moment, he can be in tears, right? He goes deep and shares that emotion. Um, and the same for his wife, right? She is a very great example of a strong feminine leader and, and woman, right? Because she, you know, um, she like can let Tony lead and everything and she can come in and she can be directive and she can help and coach people, but she's doing it from a place of depth, love, connection to herself and unity, right? Like with the world, it's, it's, that's the strength of um, strong feminine femininity and strong feminine leadership. It's the depth, it's the roots in all of that beautiful stuff that we can be directive with, but it's, it's not this, uh, it's deeper than the heady stuff, right? It's deeply connected and it's more about, you know, a, a vision for unity and all, right? Like it's, it's looking and, and it's looking at what's best for everyone, you know, and so, and that's the real element that um, I feel goes missing. And men, oh my gosh, like the power of a strong feminine energy uh, that awakens and inspires like this deep part of strength in the masculine that's been missing, right? We've been tr so much trying to make each other the same as us that we're missing this inspirational depth. I actually believe it's why, you know, like, uh, the dating realm now is just like, it's missing all the depth. Like it's just yeah. such surface level, like these apps and hooking up, like there's no meaning, there's no depth because everybody's just the same. We're negating uh, what the feminine does to the masculine and what the masculine does to the feminine, um, you know, and, and I've had another couple of my own breakthroughs where I've had a very strong masculine presence, um, you know, at another Tony Robbins event. This is the Tony Robbins podcast, um, <laughs> you know, but, um, but uh, you know, basically like uh, in an environment like that, having, I, I actually worked with a man, right? Like he was practicing his masculine presence and he chose me just to do that work with. And I thought I was helping him, you know, like just be present, practice presence. He broke through without saying a word, no words whatsoever, just being in total, the total strength of that masculine energy that uh, like, I'm so grateful that men can bring and women can bring, but it, again, the majority of men, he actually broke through to me at that point and made me realize uh, like the power of masculine energy and how grateful I am uh, for people to show up in that uh, because of the gift that it gives me as a feminine woman to feel that level of uh, safety and to feel like I can, you know, relax into that strength and be more of who I am, not from a weak place, but actually from a very strong place. 
And that weakness that we're seeing um, in everybody being the same is because they're in the, you know, those developmental stages where we think we're going to lose ourselves if we allow somebody else's strength uh, to come into play. We think if we relax into that, we'll lose ourselves, we'll go back to codependence, but we won't once we get to interdependence. Um, so I, I really feel like all of that is coming. Uh, and uh, we've got a lot of chaos in the global world uh, that to me is just showing we're in that, you know, that stage of development. We're shedding that authoritarianism, you know, we're shedding all the negatives, the darkness, right? We're, we're not going to be there just yet, but like we're on the way and I see where that's going. And that's why uh, I love having conversations like this with amazing souls like yourself, right? Because um, this information and this way of looking at the world and and, and being able to like honor our differences and our uniqueness and our authenticity, uh, that's on the way, right? That's the way that we're move, moving. And um, it's gonna have a lot of great, uh, great benefits and outcomes, uh, which I'm very inspired by. So, yeah. Wow. And uh, I think we should probably wrap it up, I guess, huh? It's probably been about <laughs> almost, uh, what, an hour and a half, two hours? Yeah, hour and a half, I think, about that. Yeah. I think I think actually two and a half hours because we started at two o'clock. Oh. So. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, which, which, I love this because honestly, I, I, like, I, I knew this would happen because I feel like I could talk to you all day about so many different topics. Totally. Right. Yeah. But for now, is there anything uh, else you would like to add or, you know, last words and also where can people reach you at? Because I know you have a website, um, which I believe is. Uh, Oh, I'll let you explain. So where can people reach you? Yeah, sure. Um, so people can jump on my website at vanessajanepatrick.com. It's a bit of a long one. Um, but yeah, there's actually um, a free three-part video series people can get access to at the top of my website, which is all about discovering your genius. It's going into the neuroscience of personality and getting a taste of what that looks like and how you can tap into your key strengths and start honoring those and developing those. So if people are interested in that, and also, like I just mentioned, just kind of came to me, um, if people are interested in going deeper in some of the topics that we discussed today, um, I do run the Limitless Potential Academy. We do monthly masterclasses. So um, basically, I've developed the masterclasses as like a personal development journey from the beginning of everything that's helped and supported me. So we start with the six human needs, which... We didn't get time to answer, but, um, you know, that was my kind of starting place in personal development all the way through to the neuroscience of personality and all sorts of things in between uh, so that those of us who want to take responsibility for our own growth, our own fulfillment and, you know, honoring our authenticity, deepening our intimacy and contributing meaningfully, um, then, yeah, I wanted to just give for your audience, um, <clears throat> waive the joining fee, which is $97. So if people want to jump on that, um, oh, like maybe they can just reach out to me, shoot me a message or shoot you a message, let me know, and um, I will do that for them. Um, so yeah, um, and I just wanted to say, Kai, 
Um, I'm really honored for the opportunity uh, to come and share some of this great stuff and have these amazing conversations with you uh, in this environment. I think what you're doing is awesome. Um, I love, I've loved getting to meet you and connect with you as well. And I mean, I'm like the same as you, like I'm sure we could talk all day about all these amazing different topics. Um, so yeah, it's what I love to do and yeah, gives me a bunch of energy. So I've, um, yeah, just wanted to thank you for that. No, I mean, thank you for coming on. Cause I, honestly, you're, I've been wanting to do this with you for a while. I mean, you're, you're a really phenomenal woman. I, I love everything that you do. Like I, you know, from your YouTube to your also, uh, people, she does have a podcast as well. It's called the limitless potential podcast, I believe. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So if you guys want to check that out, um, you can do so it's on Spotify too, correct? Yeah, so I think it's on all the, oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's all across the platforms, whatever uh, it's I'll put doing. In the link. I'll put in the link. Okay, about that. <laughs> okay that sounds that, good. Yeah. yeah thank you. And, again. and I also... I also wanted to just say that, um, like we've mentioned before, um, I'd love to interview you too on my podcast. So, um, yeah, we can have another conversation, another excuse to have one of these interesting conversations with you. Let's yeah, do it. Sure. Down. Absolutely love it. Awesome. Right, everybody else, thank you for this episode. I hope you like it. It'll be out on Spotify um, really soon. And if you would like, follow her. I'll put the links below. And uh, thank you again, Vanessa. Everybody else, take care. Awesome. Thanks. Woo! <laughs>